Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Let me just get myself together here. Listen, if you have not caught up to Pose, this is, I'm recording this on Friday during the day, and the season finale, I think it's gonna be two episodes though, is gonna happen on Sunday. So I've watched everything up to the wedding episode, the full wedding episode. Um, If you have not watched that far and you give a fuck about spoilers, you need to skip ahead. Um, And also, you're not the people I want to talk to anyway. I want to talk to people who've already watched it. And I want to know what the fuck is wrong with y'all. Why did you allow me to walk into that trap of Poppy singing I Swear at that fucking wedding? Y'all knew this happened. Y'all allowed me to be violently attacked by it. Y'all just, basically you just, you just let it fucking happen. Now you already, you a lot of y'all are already on my fucking list. Because I recently binged Secession, okay? Which wasn't a show I thought I wanted to watch. But you know what? I watched it. None of you, you guys were all like, this is a very good show. Watch it, Princess. Watch it, Secession. Secession High, let's do it. None of you told me that I would be manhandled and mangled by some billionaire's son rapping at a party. None of y'all did that. And we can go all the way back. Some of y'all have known for a while, and none of you told me that I was going to watch a girl's episode in which Marnie sang a Kanye West song, repurposed it. None of you, none of you told me that was going to happen. And I just walked in, was violently attacked by Marnie. I was later maliciously wounded by whatever that man's name is in succession. And now I've been viciously stabbed by Poppy. And you know who I, who I really blame is Kara Berry, okay? Kara fucking Berry. Because Kara Berry said, are you caught up? And I was like, no. Because you guys, if you listen to the bonus episode this week, um, I talked about how much I'm enjoying, how I finally just, like, it was, there's only seven episodes, I believe, in this season. And I was kind of waiting for some episodes to pile up to watch Pose. I love Pose. I think the storytelling is much more important than, it's, it's bigger than the sum of its parts. And that sometimes the acting can be a little rough. And sometimes the writing, I'll be like, okay, well, well that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but I, overall, the experience is so good for me. And I'm really happy they knew they had a last season. They could, like, give us these Electra uh, storylines and um, these uh, Pray Tale storylines. I talked about that in the bonus episode. And I told you guys, at the bonus episode, I did not watch all of the wedding episode yet. Because what was happening was that they were going to go try to get a marriage... Uh, license uh, and I was afraid they would be denied because on paper it says it would be two men getting married even though we all know Angel's a woman but so I was a little concerned about that and I was like I just want to pause here and enjoy all these good feelings I'm having all these uh, electro one-liners and all this you know I, I just want to you know Blanc got a man you know and it is very much this season with Electro with all that money and Blanca got a uh, Blanca got a black doctor and shit. It is very much like the season of Roseanne where they got all that fucking money, and it felt like we weren't watching Roseanne. It felt like we were watching I don't know some fan fiction of Roseanne, and so that it was off to me. But 
Because, you know, Electra out here spending money like fucking a gotti, okay? I ho- Personally, I hope she don't have to fucking go to jail. Because she is spending it up. But, like, the way she's paying for all this stuff, I'm just like, it feels like I'm not watching Pose. I'm still enjoying it, but it feels like I'm not watching Pose. Fine. So I hadn't watched the end of the episode. And finally, Kara texts me. And Kara says, um, Princess, um, have you watched Are You Caught Up With Pose? And I said, almost. Um... Why? What's up? Did they get the wedding? Did they get the marriage license? She says, no. Uh, let me know when you've uh, watched it or whatever. I was like, okay, you can spoil it for me because I don't give a fuck about spoilers. I don't care. Sometimes I start a movie and then go read the entire Wikipedia entry on the plot and then I finish the movie. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't change anything for me. I, the journey is what matters. And she's like, um, no, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. Um, let me know, because some cringe things happen. So I'm watching, and then I, now I'm under a lot of fucking pressure, because you know I'm always trying to be Kara's friend. And so Kara gets, I was like, what if I watch it, and what she's thinking is cringy isn't cringy, because I'm a corny-ass motherfucker, okay? There's a lot of corny shit I like, so what, what, what if I liked it? So I'm like looking, I'm looking, and Cubby's ghost <laughs> was a little mm, for me, and I text her that, and she's like, keep going. And Candy, I like Candy's ghost stuff better. I just, Candy's Refrain is my favorite episode. Like, and I can't watch it too often because I'll just cry and cry and cry. There is nothing for me. Like when Candy busts into that ballroom and they're playing, um, fuck who, who was it? Never knew love like this before. And she dances down there and everyone just kisses her and greets her and dance. And she's just getting her fucking moment. There is nothing for me like that in this fucking world. I loved, I love Candy's whole character. When they're doing flashbacks, um, when Candy, you know, Candy and her fucking hammer. (laughs) And they're bringing, you know, Cubby and Lamar and uh, Angel are new to uh, to to the house. Um, this is right after Electra brings them in. And they're going back to break into Electra's mama's house to get this trunk of things that Electra has has uh, collected over the years. You know, things that her mother wouldn't let her take with her. Because she was like, that is mine because it's in my house. Which is a typical black mama thing to tell you, by the way. <laughs> is it in my house? It's mine. <laughs> I don't care how it got here, it's mine. Um, <laughs> I was not surprised at all when her mother pulled that out. I was like, uh, yeah petty but yeah um so they're breaking into her mother's home to get this trunk back and you know they trying to pull out the air conditioner and lecture's talking about i can't believe this bitch got air conditioning right after i left fuck her (laughs) lamar is over there like oh i didn't know i was joining a banshee house (laughs) like oh no mm, i didn't know i was gonna be ghetto up in here that's Banji is street. Banji typically means the same thing as ghetto, just to be honest. Um, I try not to use ghetto as much as I used to, unless I'm literally talking about a literal ghetto, just because there are better ways for me to say it, like, and for and for people to understand, you know. And also, I'm on the internet now, and there's a lot of white women saying ghetto, and I don't like it. But, but um, so yeah, he's like, I didn't know I was joining a Banji house, and... <laughs> Candy turns around and says, you say something? With her hammer up. And Lamar goes, nothing. I didn't say nothing. She's like, oh, I thought somebody without a hammer was saying something. And I just, like, just, oh, just such a good episode. Anyway, I love the, so, like, 
Cubby's ghost was a little too much for me, but Candy's ghost, I was like, all right, I like that. You know, I, anytime I can fucking see Candy, I'm happy to see Candy. Um, <laughs> but, so, and Carol's like, just keep going, just keep going. Actually, let me open my text messages because it is a picture <laughs> of a... Of a, of a car crash. And then, so eventually, we're talking about some other stuff. And eventually, I go, I just text, no, in all caps. He's not doing those lyrics. Because Poppy starts reading the lyrics. And as soon as he reads them, I was like, I know that song. Fuck, is that? The this group is called All For One. Um, I said, he's not doing those lyrics. And then I wrote, no, again, he is not singing. And then I said, I would have left I don't give a fuck if it's a little poppy and I'm a little poppy gang right now. No, I would have left. <laughs> and Kara then confirms to me that this is the thing she's talking about. And I said, Kara, this is hurtful. Why would they do this to our poppy? <laughs> and, you know, we talked about other stuff. But I, but I was just like, you know, and, and part of me, it's hurtful because Kara watched me. Kara saw the trap. Said, why don't you go on and check that area over there? And then when I got caught in the trap, I was like, girl, I told you. That's what I was talking about. Oh, my God. And I, so I blame Kara because Kara, because I wasn't even going to watch the in the pose that day. I was supposed to make a dinner. But I was like, no, Kara, this is something happening. So let me go watch it. I blame Kara, number one. I blame, no, 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 let me go back. I blame Janet Mock, number one. She wrote the episode. She's also dating Little Poppy. His real name is Angel. She's dating Little Poppy. And uh, I think they having some trauma. She done broke up with him and or cheated on him or whatever. I think she's trying to humiliate him. Two, so I blame Janet Mock. Two, I blame Angel, the, the guy who's playing Little Poppy, because he could have protested. He could have not done this. He could have. Then I blame Kara for leading me into this trap. And then I blame all you motherfuckers. All you listening who watch those and let this fucking happen to me. Okay. And when I told you I was going to start watching Pose, I tweeted this. Someone should have said, okay, Princess, but at the end of episode six, you don't have to watch it. You don't need to watch that part. It's not integral to the story. It's not any of that stuff. Just skip over that. Um, it, basically, Poppy has a knife and he's going to stab you in your back. Oh, there's one other part where I text her. What is it? Uh, he's walking down the aisle. Where is he going? Oh, no, he's going to sing harder. <laughs> Why did you let this thing happen to me, Kara? <laughs> it was terrible. And I blame you guys. I'll be seeking reparations. Mm? Yeah, I will. And uh, just you look for a Venmo request in your near future. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hire Tom Girardi as my lawyer. So that means I'll never see the money when it comes in. I'm, I'm excited for Pose on Sunday. I just, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to cry, whatever they do. And I just hope Electra doesn't go to jail for all this money she's fucking spending. I mean, she got them a drop top convertible. <laughs> she did a lot. She did a lot. So we'll see how that goes. Um, What else? Oh, this also involves Kara too. Wow, this has really become the Kara show. Um, So guys... You know, we ended our um, 
my 500, my 500, my 600 pound life series. That was season seven of By Pumpkin. We are now in season eight, which is Mob Wives. And I know some people are sad that we left Stephen Asante and the other participants over there. But remember, all think good things come to an end. They just have to. Uh, we can't, like, this can't be the My 600 Pound Life episode, I mean, podcast, because eventually we get tired of it. And the point of the podcast is for us to visit different worlds, different, we're like time travelers. You know what? We're like Quantum Leap. You know how he'd always wonder if this will be the leap home? Like, we don't know when the leap home is, I'm not going to explain this reference to you guys. <laughs> I'm not going to explain it to you. But... Like he said, he always wondered, would this be the leap home? And so, like, we just have to leap into different areas and see what happens and play it how it goes there. And that's it. We can't stay forever. It's just not the thing. And eventually we will leap home. But we won't really, we won't know till we get there. So, I'm sorry, you guys, that we have to move on. Remember that you can always sponsor a bonus episode for 20 bucks. Um, you can email me at hello at buypumpkinpodcast.com. Um, and you can, it, you can, it's 20 bucks and you can request me to, uh, do a bonus episode on something. So if there is a, my 600 pound life episode that I did not hit that you really wanted me to do, that's an option for you. Um, we also on the Patreon, which is at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin each month we choose a nut, not each month, every so often we choose a new bonus series to do. And it's possible that we can go back and do my 600 pound life over there. It's possible. We'll see. Um, I also, let me bring you to the Kara. Kara texted me that she forgot to say something on her episode. We did the last episode, the last Stephen Asante episode together. Let me pull this back up. Kara, 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 where is she? Dun, 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 dun. We have a very long text thread. Uh, no, this, oh. This is a Monday at 4.22 p.m. I forgot to mention, let me make the announcement on Okay, <laughs> announcement. I forgot to mention Stephen Asante's nose looks like the slots you put change in. She forgot to mention it on the show. I wrote, madam, and she wrote, just saying, and I wrote, adding this to the show notes. It's an important part of the record. We should have, we, you know, it's important that you guys know that. I'm adding it to that episode show notes. I put it on the socials. It's important everyone look, the next time you watch a Stephen Asante episode, look at his nose and think about whether or not you could fit quarters in there. Just think about it. All right, that's enough talking. That's enough talking about Kara. That's enough talking about, I was violently assaulted by Little Poppy singing. And it's not that he wasn't a good singer, guys. It's not that he wasn't a good singer, okay? It was that he was singing in front of people at our wedding. I know it was Angel's wedding too, but Angel wasn't really there. She ran out on him when he was gonna have, when he, she found out he had that baby. And I would raise all little poppy's baby. No fucking problem. I'd be a stay-at-home mom. All I'm doing over here is cooking shit and diapering your babies and waiting for you to come home, little poppy. <sighs> That's a lie. But I would try. I would try very, very fucking hard. <laughs> So now that we're done with talking about Pose and talking about Kara and talking about Stephen Asante and talking about what we, what, um, last season's podcast was about, let's get into this season. It's time to go to Mob Wives, guys. Um, 
let's, how do I feel about Mobwise? Mobwise is a comfort show for me. I loved it. Um, I, it was at the time when I pretty much watched anything on VH1. So that's what, that's the, that's the, uh, the channel it was on. Um, it was a creation of, um, Jen Graziano, which is the sister of the, of one of the main characters, Renee Graziano. Their father was, I don't know, he was involved in the mafia and, you know, she's one of the few in the family. I think they have three sisters. They might have four, but three sisters were on. They they were on um, family boot camp or marriage boot camp, family edition, whatever. That's also a good trash show to watch. Uh, so they, you know, her sisters went a different way. And Jen went to college and got into television production. And she pitched the show and was the executive producer of it. And it brings... You know, watching the show, the first round, I didn't know that. And it, it, it brings a little bit of, like, perspective to what we're watching, especially with the Renee stuff, as Renee gets undone this year. Um, well, there are... Shit. There are six ladies, I believe, on this on this season. The first and always the, the, the headliner will be Renee uh, Graziano. Uh, Renee, like I said, her father is in the mob. She's a, she, she considers herself a mob princess, a mafia princess. Like she's really into it. Um, she's incredibly insecure and we'll get into it. Uh, but she used to be married to one of her father's men. Interesting enough, he was not Italian. Uh, Junior is actually, I want to say Puerto Rican. Uh, he comes from Latin descent. We'll see. Uh, I don't, don't quote me on that. It's just what I think is true. Uh, she has a son named AJ, and he basically sick sick of her fucking shit. The other main characters are Karen Gravano. Karen is um, a daughter of Sammy the Bull, notorious mob informant. The he is the reason John Gotti's in prison. And honestly, like he was he was like a hitman. He killed a lot of fucking people. He his hands were very dirty. This was not some shit where he just was like. Uh, co-owner of a mobbed up uh, fucking club or some shit. He, there's blood on, lots of blood on his hands. And the reason he turned state's evidence, he's probably the biggest mob snitch in the world, the most well-known, is because uh, John Gotti was, they released recordings of John Gotti on the, the, you know, the state, the FBI, all motherfuckers were tapping his phone. And where he was blaming... Sammy about on about a bunch of stuff. He said Sammy was wild and that Sammy was uncontrollable. And Sammy did this and Sammy did that. And Sammy was like, cause Sammy got arrested. And so, uh, John Gotti's still out on the streets, you know, doing his thing and Sammy's in prison. And I think he's awaiting trial. I mean, I don't think he was actually convicted yet, but I think they, uh, it was more wiretaps that he actually, that he was probably going to be convicted. Um, the thing about, with these mafia trials, these racketeering trials, which, so, so this, the thing about the way they work these racketeering charges is that if one person is a part of the conspiracy, whether they know the other parts of the conspiracy, they are as guilty as the other parts of the conspiracy. So the way that works is that it used to be that if you got picked up for, killing some guy, you got your murder charge, right? 
and you know they're gonna take care of your family they're gonna take care of you and you do your bit if you get picked up on some drug shit you do your drug shit you, you you take your you do your drug stuff but now because of now because when they start the racketeering charges what would happen is you get picked up with fuck you get picked up transporting coke Thinking that you're going to get your, you know, your drug time or whatever it is, although drug time is not small time, but you understand what I'm saying. You think that you're going to, or let's say, I don't know, gambling, like you're involved in something like that. You think you're going to get your time for that. What happens, they link that gambling as a profit center for the entire organization. And now you don't just get your gambling charge. You get your gambling charge. You get, now you're on the hook for these murders over here. You're on the hook for this drug shit over here like it <laughs> there's that's a lot of weight on you when all you did was <laughs> run an illegal poker thing you know what i'm saying and so people started flipping it used to be that people didn't snitch and that's one of the things that like when i watch mob wise i'm always like you guys are always talking about how people don't snitch people don't snitch that's old shit they snitch now because if you don't, you're going to be taking, you are going to be linked to all this shit. You'll be taking, major, like, you'll never see the outside ever again over something that maybe you should have done eight years for, you know? It's, it's, and by using that uh, racketeering charge, they really flipped a lot of people. And I don't know if they would have got Sammy if he hadn't heard the way John was, because you know, this is loyalty, you've been working together forever, you've known each other, your family's intertwined, all this shit, you guys are knee deep in each other, and he is of the older crew that was like, no, we don't talk, we don't talk, we don't talk, and then he hears John on the, tape on the wiretaps, talking cash money shit about him, and then he's like, oh, wait a motherfucking second, it really is, it really, like, the whole thing was brought down really, because Sammy didn't think he was being paid the respect. It really was about the relationship between these two men. It's very interesting. A good place to get like some more inside stuff. Stuff that I'm like, like obviously I'm just talking out of my ass on memory. But a good place to get some more information is there's a documentary on a &E. It's probably on their website now. And it's like, it's a limited series. So I think it's like two, it might be three or four parts. Um, it's not very long at all. And it's called Gotti, Godfather and Son. And it really um, navigates the older Gotti's uh, rise to power. And then what happened when Sammy finally turned on him, he gets arrested. You know, they used to call him a Teflon Don. He'd get out of any fucking thing. And he gets arrested. And then John Gotti Jr. has to take it over. And their relationship and Victoria Gotti from... from uh, the Gotti Boys or whatever. What's the name of that fucking show? I always call it the Gotti Boys. It wasn't because of the Gotti Boys. Growing up Gotti. Growing up Gotti, um, they talk a lot about her in there. They uh, talk about the son that was killed. Um, but they talk about the elder Gotti and the younger Gotti's um, relationship between each other. This thing that I didn't know happened where he needed the, young, the younger one like needed permission to leave the mob. Um, and they set up a meet between the son and the father where the, I believe it's the FBI were filming the entire time. They would only do it if they would allow the film inside. I mean, so it could be admissible. All the stuff could be admissible. And they, so there is footage of the two of them meeting and having this conversation where they bring John Gotti out of prison to like, to like, 
have this emotional and like heavy conversation with his son about what happens next. I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I would suggest, I mean, they talk a lot about, um, John Gotti's wife. Like I would suggest you guys watch that. Um, it's really good anyway. Um, so what happens after, uh, Sammy the bull turn like testifies? I mean, he becomes like, <laughs> he becomes public enemy number fucking one in that world. Like everybody fucking hated him. And he got in the witness protection program and they all went off to live in Arizona. Karen, his daughter, and I believe her brother and his wife, although I think they break up, they moved to Arizona. In Arizona, uh, Karen, Karen, the son, and the father start selling um, ecstasy. Now, I know there's a difference between ecstasy and molly. I don't know what it is, though. Don't ask me. It all sounds the same to me. But I know that there is a difference between it. And my understanding is ecstasy is just very different. But this is back when they were selling, they were, they had an ecstasy ring and they had, and also Karen's baby daddy, who we might see in this, in this series, uh, Karen, the baby daddy and the father, no, not Karen, the baby daddy, the father end up going to jail and the father actually goes to jail to keep Karen and his son and I believe their mother out because they were all involved in this. I mean, they had all the evidence against all of them. So when we talk, hear Karen talking about her father, he's in prison. He's not in prison for all the murders. He committed a lot of murders, guys, a lot. He's not in prison for committing the murders. He's in prison for um, the drug stuff in Arizona. And that's why Karen was in Arizona before she came back. Um, the other main character is Drita. <laughs> Drita is, uh, she is connect. She's known all these girls. I mean, Staten Island is not that big to be honest. Uh, she's known all these girls for a long time. Drita is Albanian. Um, she is not Italian like everyone else is, but she just grew up in this, in around these girls. And she ends up marrying Lee, who was a bank robber. He also dated, he was, a, he was a lower associate of the mob. He also dated Karen and uh, there's a connection there. We'll get to it. Um, and Lee's been in prison on and off for many years. I think at this point, Drita has an eight-year-old named Aaliyah, <laughs> uh, own brand. And she has, I believe, a four or five-year-old named Giselle. And... He, he went to prison for armed robbery the first fucking time. He, he gets, he's in there a long time. He gets out, he gets her pregnant with Giselle and then he, he ends up back. And so much of what we see of Lee is on the fucking phone. And because he's calling from prison. He's also calling from prison, telling Drita, like most of what we saw about Drita from the first season was Drita wiping a counter, talking on a collect call from Lee. And He's saying things like he doesn't know when he's getting out. Soon, maybe, I don't know. The thing is that like, I never understood about this, is that I can look up when Lee was gonna get out. I can look up what's on his, on like, I can look him up in the prison system. Like there, every state has a way for you to look up people that are in prison. We used to use it all the time in the restaurant industry. If somebody didn't show up for work, we would just check and see if they're in jail. Like that is, <laughs> that's a legit thing to do. The line cook, where is he? Let's see if he got arrested last night. Um, so I can look 
And I can see what they have on there. And they usually, now I'm not saying that's what the person's going to do, but it's what their status is right now. It'll tell you when they're set to be released or if they don't have a release date. But Lee was always telling her he didn't know, he didn't know, he didn't know. I'm like, who the fuck knows then? Um, and then last season, she found out, because she's been like, I mean, they have not been together that often. Right? Because he's been in and out of prison. She's mostly been ki- holding down the home fires and like raising kids and like sending him a fucking pack care package and shit. I mean, he's in a, listen. I know people, my, my father's in prison, guys. He's been in prison. My biological father's been in prison since I was six months old. So he's been in, he's, he's almost about to hit 41 years in that bitch. Um, I have a lot of experience with the prison system. Just so you know, that it really depends on whether your prison is private or not. Like how you get things and sending a care package might've been possible. It's not possible for a lot of people, for most people, to be honest. Um, sending, but she used to send him care packages with the food he wanted and the different things, blah, blah, blah. And she's always like sending him sexy pictures. And basically she's just available to answer the fucking phone at all times. Um, apparently she was working at Macy's or something or like not a Dillard's. I don't want to say Macy's. She's working at some department store in the makeup department, which makes a lot of fucking sense. Like she fits in perfectly there, you know? And I love that. I love the idea of like, Going to try out some lipstick and maybe getting your your makeup done by Drita. <laughs> um, so what the explosive thing that happens in the first season is that Drita finds out that when Lee was out, he was cheating on her and bringing her daughter Aaliyah around this woman, and that really burns her fucking biscuits because she feels like she's done everything she could have cheated on him a million times. He's been in prison all this time. And I'm not, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if Drita did cheat on him. But I also would like to go over the definition of cheating when someone's in prison for armed robbery for a long time. I don't know if that's cheating, to be honest. I mean, but whatever. So that's where she is now. By the way, like I said, Drita's Albanian. Drita and Rita Ora have the same ethnic makeup. They're white ladies from Europe. Drita's from Staten Island, but uh, her family is Albanian and uh, culturally and ethnically, that's, you know, that's where she comes from. But guys, I didn't know, like, if, if you had asked me, is Rita Ora black? I think a lot of people think she is black, but I, I don't know if I, I would have said, I don't know. She could be anything. But Rita Ora is a white lady. Just chew on that. I mean, uh, I think the most, I, that used to be the most interesting thing I knew about Rita Ora is that she was a white lady. But now that, now that her and some other dude, some dude and Tessa Thompson, who I really, Tessa Thompson loved that girl. We're having like some three-way makeout session where they're, I guess, I guess they're all fucking whatever. Like, <laughs> I saw a lot of people tweeting about it and it was like, what's going on here? I was like, you don't know what's going on there? <laughs> like, what, you want me to draw you a picture? <laughs> they are... Fuck it. They, I mean, not in the picture. It's not like that Hillary Duff paparazzi picture where she's getting engaged. You see her taking a picture of the photo and then you see her blowing the dude. <laughs> no, 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 it's not that. But they're kissing and like, obviously all together, the girls are kissing each other. They're each kissing whoever that man is. I don't know who the fuck that is. Uh, you know, I knew who Rita Ora was, but I didn't know who the fuck that man is. I'm, I think he's somebody I'm supposed to care about. But yeah, I was like, what do you mean? What's going on here? Uh, you know what's going on here, right? 
I mean, whatever. Tessa Thompson has told us plenty of times that uh, we don't need to be in her business. She do what she do. And I believe her. And I mean, I hope the sex was good. That's all I can say. So those are the three main characters. Uh, Carla's also a main-ish character. I mean, she's really boring. Carla was married to a man who did, um, who was doing uh, insider trading. Um, and he was in prison. He got out. His name is Joe. He got out. She had twins. She, she, I think her twins were like fucking eight or nine years old, I want to say. Maybe that's too old. But her kids were of the age where somebody on the playground can tell you something about your own fucking business. Like... They, she never told those kids her, their dad went to prison. She told them that he was off working. And I was like, that's a bad idea because I'm sure like a cousin or somebody at a family barbecue is going to say something. Like, do you want them really to have a scene like in Harriet the Spy where Michelle Trachtenberg goes over there and owns that bitch? Basically tells her, you say your father's working, but uh, he moved and he doesn't see you and he doesn't want to. And you only say that you go on all these trips and shit with him because you're, because you're embarrassed. Like, do you really want your kid to be on the receiving end of somebody calmly spraying them with their own fucking tea that they didn't know about? Absolutely not. I would never put my kids in that position. I, you have to, I, you have to know first and we have to talk about this. So you have a way to talk about it with other people so that you're not just like splattered on the fucking floor by this information. But yeah, so, I mean, that's really all she does. I mean, she's fucking hot. She's, I think she's the most beautiful person on the fucking screen. And she's hot in a way that, like, she doesn't like she's trying hard. She just, like, I'm sure she has work. She has very good work. It's very, like, touch here, touch there. She's doing exactly. You don't want to turn back the time. You, you to turn back the, the, the hands on the clock. What you want to do is, like, you're not trying to look younger. You want to look good for your age. So, if you're in your 40s, you want, and part of it's the weight thing. I mean, she's someone who works out a lot. Um, weight will really fucking make you look older. But, uh, and also not having enough weight. Look, you, you gotta, it's a delicate balance. But, so she's she's in shape. And it just like she, she just has little bitty tweaks. So if you told me, like, Carla's in her early 40s, I'd be like, okay, wow, all right. She looks fucking good for early 40. In fact, if I were her, I'd say tell me I was in my 50s so they could be like, damn, girl, that's what I do. I like to have a plan. So um, that's Carla. She's she's a main-ish girl. Then you got Ramona this season. Ramona is... Um, Ramona is uh, Karen's play cousin. And she gets introduced this season. I'm sure we'll get into Ramona as the episodes go. Um, she's somebody, like I said, the other four girls we're talking about, I guess they're main characters, but they were on the previous season. Ramona starts this season. And then Big Ange, Big Ange, she starts this season. Um, and we will talk at length about Big Ange. So those are the girls that we're gonna, that we're gonna be seeing this year. Um, I just wanted to like give you kind of an intro here. Um, Okay, so the episode's called New Year, New War. It's season two, episode one. I chose this season because it was the big Ange's on our screens. And also it's the year that we come to, it's the season that we find out that Junior's a rat. And I just, I, I just felt like that's the, the best season to be on. So as we start off, Renee is going to get a full body makeup makeover. She's going to, she's going to the surgeon. From what happens... 
the fact that they show us the surgeon, these people are not blurred out. They got this release signed way before. I was very shocked that we could see their faces. But um, she's getting a full uh, body makeover. She says she wants to add a little ass. She's flattening the hips in the ass region. Sure. I. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? Like, the... This is this is all filming. This is all being aired in 2012, 2013, and so we were we were already deep in the people need booties stage of things. But like, not everybody's made with booties, and not everybody's frame is married to carry booby booties or boobies. To be honest, like when I look at Drita, Drita's got a great body, but she's up and down, and then she's got these huge fucking knockers on her frame. And I know, obviously, like. Big boobs are in, you know, people love big boobs or whatever. But like I said, not everybody's built for these type of things. So I'm like, yeah, Renee, you don't have an ass. Like not everybody's supposed to have an ass, you know? Um, but she's always wanted like a nice little ass, a flat stomach. It's, she says the body she's always wanted. So she's getting lipo. A, she says a body tuck. But I guess that's when they take the fat out and they kind of yank everything up. And they're going to take that fat out and inject it into her butt. Which is, I'm assuming what Kim K and all of them have, the fat transfers. Um, maybe the first or second season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Remember when Kim went, they went to like a doctor to have their boobs and butt x-rayed to see if anything was in there. And obviously Courtney's had breast implants. So there's, and, and so you see Kim lying on the uh, fucking table and they're like, X-rating her ass. She's like, nothing's in there. Mm-mm. I'm like, yeah, because you didn't get like literal ass implants. You got fat transfer. So yeah, it's fat in there. <laughs> Kim, Kim looks wild in person. And I don't mean like, like she has the best work, to be honest, of anybody out here. A lot of these people like K. Michelle. Do you guys know who fucking K. Michelle is? K. Michelle used to look like an oddity. These little bitty legs, a lot like Nicki Minaj. These little bitty legs, and it's just horrible. And you can really tell about whether somebody's ass is real, and real is 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 relative, right? Like, but whether their ass is real or whether they have very good work is the thighs. If if you have this huge fucking ass and your thighs are not cannot hold up the ass, that's not real. It's just not. And it's the same way with boobs. Like, to have really big boobs, you have to, like, something has to be supporting that shit. If somebody has really big boobs and their arms are, like, incredibly skinny, that's that's not real. That's not real at all. Um, if you're losing weight in your arms and shit, your boobs are, are going to be affected. And I know people lose weight in different areas and stuff, but boobs are just fat with a nipple on it. So if you lose weight, you will lose boob. And if you are losing weight in your upper arms, you are going, you're also going to lose weight around your chest and shit. And so if you have these tiny, tiny little fucking arms and these huge, big ass titties, those aren't real. They just aren't. Why am I talking about this? Oh, Renee wants an ass. An ass for Renee. Um, kid's book. And so... So, you know, Renee's like, this summer is all about Renee. No husbands, no drama. Because last year, so Renee's junior, that is her ex-husband. They have not been married for years. I want to say it's 15 fucking years they haven't been married at this point. Maybe even longer because her son's like 17. Because he, I mean, obviously he cheated on her. He couldn't be, you know, 
he kind of only fucking wanted to. But what the thing is, is that they always have this relationship because I think they are friends and that she's always taking care of him. She, what did I say? The last time I talked about this, by the way, I've talked about Mob Wives a couple of times. Once I talked about it on my own Patreon at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin. It was August of 2020. I did a fight episode for season one, the finale of season one. I've also talked about it with Liz, probably, I don't know if it's on her, um, her Patreon or if it's on the Solid Listen Patreon, but I've done a, a Mob Wise episode with Liz. Like some of the stuff I'm saying, I can hear Liz's voice because I've talked about this with her. Um, but, so what I'm about to say, I've said before, that Renee gives Junior husband privileges and he's never, he hasn't been a husband in a very long time. And what I mean by that is she takes care of things for him. She, um, you know, when he gets sick, she's the one that's calling the hospital and doing this. He's got girlfriends and shit. And she's like, well, I, we're connected. That's my son's father, blah, blah, blah. But no, 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 you're treating him like he is a romantic partner and he's not. And that's how I know something's fucked up there because you can be friendly with an ex. You can definitely like be like, listen, we have kids together. We're family and I got you. You're, you're happy. You're free to come over Thanksgiving. I'm never going to give you trouble when you come over here. Oh, you got a new house and you're having a barbecue. Yes. I'm bringing the sun. We're coming over. We'll hang out. Like we're always be cool, but that's very different from me inserting myself into your life to the point where I'm treat, I'm giving you wife privileges and don't be misconstrued by that name. Cause sometimes when I say wife privileges, people think I'm like, I'm like being like, you need to get married, married, married. I don't give a fuck about getting married. I'm saying if you want to say wifey, cause that like a long-term relationship type thing, whatever that level of privileges for someone who is not in that position. And you really just have to hold people to their position. You, you don't treat an acquaintance like a friend you don't treat a friend like a close friend. You don't treat, like there are levels, the work friend, the quaint, like there are levels to this shit and you put people in their levels and you treat them accordingly. And that's for you and them. Because when you treat a work friend like a close friend, and that, that's not what they are. You're always gonna be disappointed. And as far as Junior's concerned, Junior is an ex who I'm cool with. That's the slot he needs to be in. And that means I'm not gonna come over his house when he's, when he's sick, um, his, his girl, his current girlfriend can do that. I, will I call him? Yeah, I'll check in on him. If he asks me to do something, I can do something for him. I'm not going to go over there and nurse him to death. He's not going to come stay with me. That's unless it's an emergency. That's not, but that's what he was doing last season. And Renee was like, all like, maybe we can do this again. Maybe we can do this again. And it turned out like, nah, he was still seeing his other girl. I was like, yeah, because you over here, making castles in the sky for this motherfucker. And he is not, that's not who you do that with. So that's what she means by no husband, no drama. But I'm like, yeah, right. Renee's a drama person. Um, as they're walking in, she asks AJ if he's a little nervous for her. And she says, he says no. By the way, AJ don't give a fuck about Renee. And it's not, let me take it back. Let me take it back. First of all, he's a teenage boy. Teenage boys are almost useless. I am sure that when my t boys are teenagers, I'm going to be like, no, no, they're actually good, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they might be. But for the most part, teenage boys are like, first of all, they're dumb. And in terms of like being emotional with you and stuff, that's not always a thing they can do. Um, maturity level can be very low. There are exceptions to the rules, of course. But AJ seems like a 17-year-old boy to me. 
and that's fine. He's in, like, he is 17. He is a boy. So that's, so he should care about his girlfriend or whatever girl he's got a crush on. He should, should care about school, but probably doesn't just try to keep your grades C's and above, please. B's and above will make me very happy. But if you hit a C and you're trying real hard, I'm not going to kill you. Um, clean up your room. No, I'm not gonna let you take my car unless you, like, 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 this is all the things a, a teenage boy are like. I don't, I don't find any fault with AJ. My problem is this, is that he's grown up pretty much single in the entire time with his mom. And she is a drama queen. She's someone who has a lot of like activity and like yelling and, blah, and this and that and this and that. And I think AJ has been through it all his fucking life. And so he really deadpans her a lot. He's really, he's off, he's often like, what are you talking about? Because I feel like he's seen this scene all his life. And so I find it very funny when AJ and she are walking together and she's like, are you nervous for me in here? First of all, I don't think AJ's the only one who went with her there because I noticed her friend was there too in later parts. But I wouldn't bring my 17-year-old to drop me off for a fucking surgery because I wouldn't want them to be worried about me. In fact, I wouldn't want him to be nervous for me. I would want me to have told him about this in a way that made him feel very confident everything's going to be okay. I don't want him to see me in pain. I don't want him to think I'm going to die because he's my fucking kid. And he's 17. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't want that for him. So if it were me, AJ would be at home. And I would tell AJ, you know, I probably, I mean, he's, he's, he's fucking 17. Why wouldn't I tell him? But I'd tell him, like, what's going to happen and everything. But I'd be like, yeah, and it's like, you know, pretty straightforward and everything. I'm going to be in a lot of pain when I get home. So I do need you to, like, keep it clean around here and make sure the garbage goes out on Mondays or whatever, you know, whatever thing he's supposed to do. But I'm probably going to be in the bed a lot. So... And I might even say, because he's a 17-year-old boy, can you, can you make sure to come in here and check in with me in the mornings and the evenings? I mean, I'm not going to have to say this to my kids. All they fucking want to do is check in with me. But, um, yeah, I would. that's what I do. And, and I have someone else drive me. Well, she asked him if he's nervous for her. And I'm like, Renee, if he wasn't... <laughs> That's not going to help. Like, but that's her, that's her personality. She wants, she wants AJ to be upset because it'll make her feel better. I'm glad he said no on the table. Like, so they're doing it on the table. She says she's thinking about Kanye West's mother. I was like, girl, let me tell you who don't think about you in the after like Donda. <laughs> Donda never thinks about you. But I did th when she said, mentioned, cause you know, Donda West died on the, on a plastic surgery table, which is, tough tough I don't I know Kanye West is an asshole I I do understand he has a mental illness and obviously I have empathy for the mental illness I just like there is a difference between having empathy for people's traumas and backgrounds and medical diagnoses and mental illness diagnoses there's a difference between having empathy for that and also thinking all the behavior is okay his behavior is not okay it's not okay even the, the slightest I am not some Kardashian fan, but the shit he has put Kim through is terrible. And one of the things we don't talk about is that because he refuses to be medicated, he chooses to not really be around in his kid's life. He's not really, you know, just because you show up with some big, you know, big deal present. And, you know, just because you bring a hologram of grandpa to fucking Easter does not mean that you are an active parent. And he is choosing himself in a way that means he doesn't choose his children. 
That's the fucking truth. He's not, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, lots of men are like that, fine. But I, I just don't find his his shit romantic in any way. I really fucking don't. And I, and I also don't find it romantic that people are like, well, now that he's not with Kim, he'll get back. No, guys, old Kanye died a long time ago, and Kim didn't kill him. <laughs> old Kanye was already fucking dead, okay? And the only person who killed old Kanye is new Kanye. And that's just what it is. I know some of y'all really fucking love him, but I don't get down with that. Um, I wonder what Donda thinks. I bet you she's worried about her kid. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, she's dead. She probably doesn't worry about anything. She's dead. But, but if I were Donda and I was like in the afterlife looking, I'd be like, well, fuck. And also, it's not Donda's fault that he's off the rails. It's not her, like women are not in charge of saving men. It's not her fault either. <sighs> Yeah, she brought up Donda. I was like, ugh, that's definitely a thing where I get worried about. Um, when Renee is out, the doctor is talking about. He's like, he's he's like talking about stuff. He's like, we're gonna make her a butt. Um, there's like fat being. It's gross. It's a it's a surgery scene. It's gross. It's boring. Gross. Um, I will say this one thing I took from it. It took a long time because at one point, like a producer, probably Renee's sister, Jen, probably AJ's aunt was like, go over there and ask about your mother. And he's like, what for? (laughs) She goes over there. Um, he goes over there and he asks the receptionist and the receptionist tells him that they're, they're almost done with her back and the front's going to take a lot less time, but the front will, it, it should be another two and a two and a half hours to go. And I was like, damn, that's a long ass surgery. If the front part's going to take less time, that means you were in there for what? Three, four hours. Damn. It's worrisome. Um, we get a scene with Drita and Carla meeting up and to take some sun. I, I've noticed that the words that they use, first of all, I noticed that they say listen a lot. I say listen a lot. I don't know where I got that from. Um, I was mostly raised in the South and I know I don't have a Southern accent unless I really try to get one, unless I start talking about my grits, <laughs> whatever. Maybe if I get around my parents, my parents don't really have a Southern accent either, but I don't, I talk fast and I don't have a Southern accent. I never have, even as a kid. Um, but and I say listen a lot. I don't know where I got that from. I just always have. But some other like little verbal quirks they say is like they gave someone a text message. They took a text message instead of I sent or I got a text message. They And Drita's saying, I'm going to go take some sun. And so just those little things are interesting to me. This is also why it takes me a long time to do notes. <laughs> I often wish I could do, I wish I could do, I could watch these episodes, um, that I'm like recapping on like 0.75 speed. So it go a little slower. So I don't have to stop it, but I do pay attention to what they're wearing and what I like. It's important to me when I look at a scene, like what do they look like? Um, I'm paying attention to little verbal, little ticks and things like that. And it does like, this was 44 minutes or 42 minutes. I bought it on Amazon. By the way, you can watch it on vh1.com if you have a, if you have cable or I'm sure it's on on demand at some point, if it's, if it's, if they're showing on the website, a lot of times they have it on, on demand on the cable, but I bought it on Amazon cause I refuse to watch commercials. I'm just a bougie bitch. I'm not going to watch any fucking commercials. Uh, but what was I say? Oh, it was like 44 minutes there, but it took me two hours to watch it. Yeah. Like it takes a long time. Like I'm no Troy. Troy's out here. 
fucking masterpieces and shit. And all I have, all my entire podcast is opinions and vibes. But um, it does take me a while to watch because I want to pay attention to what they're saying and how they say it. And I want, like, when somebody says something, I want to see what this person looks like. It's important to me. And so it takes a while because of that. Um, yeah, basically they're going out, they're, they're laying out in a pool. If, that, if that's Carla's house, Carla's got a nice fucking house. And, um, you know, she's a shit divorced attorney, but it's not finalized. Um, she's not speaking to Lee, but then she says when she does, he won't admit it. I'm like, okay, so you're speaking to him. And, and Drita says she just wants him to come clean, but he never will. Of course not. And what she really wants to do is hit the chick with a, with a crowbar. So, like, Drita is a famous fighter on this show. Drita, she's little. She's got a pretty face. I mean, she's got, she's very skinny. And her neck has a lot of, like, veins in it. So, Drita is pretty in a certain way, okay? This, I don't want to call, I'm not calling Drita ugly. She's just not, I don't know, she looks a certain way. So, Drita... But Drita's little and she loves to fight. It's her main thing that she fight. She beats bitches ass. Um, also, this show loves its sound effects. It loves to have Drita hitting her, hitting her fists into her hand and giving like uh, gunshot <laughs> sound effects and stuff. Like whenever they start a scene, they always act like they're watching it through FBI night vision goggles. <laughs> Shit like that. Um, but Drita's known as a little fireball and she loves to fight. I will say... I don't think Drita fights that much, to be honest. And I'll talk about it more than in this episode, but like her saying, like, I think the the thing about Drita is she's someone who will say, I want to hit you with a crowbar. But my my husband and, and my in-laws are from New York as well. And they talk about, like, there's a certain violence in the way they talk about each other. Like, like even, let's say my brother's on my nerves and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to kick his ass. Like, when my husband talks about his sister he'll be like i'm gonna beat her in her head <laughs> or he'll say something like i'm gonna punch like he's very like specific with the way he talks about what he's gonna do that makes it almost seem like i'm gonna kick so-and-so's ass as a throwaway like you don't like if i say oh my god i'm gonna kick that bitch's ass you don't you don't really think i'm gonna go in there and fight her but the way they talk about things is so specific that it makes me feel like wait are you gonna go hit her and that, and like, like, so I see that a lot in, like, uh, Drita. She's like, I'm going to hit that bitch with a crowbar. <laughs> but the truth is, I don't think Drita really likes fighting. We'll talk about it later. Um, as far as Carla, Carla was dating a guy last year. So one of the reasons the girls judge Carla is Carla didn't stand by her man when he went to prison. Um, she basically was like, yeah, like, I'm not going to just, like, sit here I'm not gonna just you know sit here preserved while you're in prison and I just have to raise these two fucking little babies by my fucking self I'm gonna live my life just like you lived yours and that's just not what's done people like in this life people they wait um but I'm on Carla's side I don't really think it takes a lot to be with somebody who's still in prison and like be married to them and be faithful to them and someone who does that I don't know. There's a lot to unpack there. So she had a boyfriend last season and Renee told her that the boyfriend touched her at a party of some sort. I'm not sure. I can't remember. And at this point, Carla's broken up with her, with that boyfriend. 
for, and it doesn't have anything to do with that. Um, so she's single too. They're both single. So after that's what that seems just to tell us after the surgery, Renee's in recovery with her eyes squinted shut and she's going so bad, so bad. So I told you guys, Renee's an actress. Okay. And I'm not saying she's not in pain. Don't get me wrong. I believe people when they say they're in pain. What I'm saying is that she is acting to a point about like, she is a drama queen. So even someone could be in the same level of pain could be saying, I'm in pain. But she, but the way she does it, it's always a three act play. She reminds me of my nine year old son, mm-hmm. right? By the way, all my kids are angry at me today because I said that my nine year old son acts the best when we go out like to a restaurant or something. And he fucking does. And they're upset because he's usually the one that gets in the most trouble, but he's doing very fucking well now. So that means actually something terrible is about to happen. Anyway, <laughs> he's, he's not been in any trouble. He's doing tip top best he possibly fucking can. And I'm actually very proud of him. They're all fucking mad at me because he does. Because he knows what's getting in trouble is like the most. So whenever we go to a fucking store, a restaurant, anything, that motherfucker is tip top. He's quiet. He doesn't ask for things. He stays close to me. He and he and if I give him, if I tell him to do something, he does it immediately. Perfect when we go out. And I was giving him the compliment today because they all want to go to Olive Garden. Okay, <laughs> they want to go to Olive Garden. I'm like. All right, if you fucking go to Olive Garden, we got to get there like 3.30 while it's still empty and we got to eat quick and we got to leave and we got to be like, I was like, it's not, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to pick you up from camp and we're going to go to Olive Garden. It's, it's got to be like military precision because we can't be up in there. The mask mandate is over. People going to be breathing on us. We're all going to die over some fucking breadsticks. I mean, I die over some breadsticks, but I don't want to take my children with me. <laughs> so... So that's what we're talking about. And I was giving him that compliment because I like to give my children their flowers in the moment. Like when I think about it, when Bunny Bunny cleans the bathroom the best. Some people will let her clean the bathroom all the time. I don't believe in that. I don't believe girl, just because she cleans the best, just because she's the girl in the family, she should be cleaning the bathroom. We switch. Um, and she actually gets upset with me. She's like, I need you to leave me on the bathroom. I'm like, no, because everybody needs an opportunity to get better cleaning the bathroom. But after she's done and she asked me to come check it and she's always excited for me to check it, I always give her that compliment because it's true. She does she does do the best job. I was telling Turtle the other day how fucking handsome he is. He doesn't even know how handsome he is. He doesn't know that a tall, dark, handsome man with, with straight fucking white teeth can rule this goddamn world. He doesn't know. He has no idea. But I was also, what I was explaining to him was, he knows this already, that I was trying to get him to put more lotion on because I was like, listen, these other light motherfuckers in here, like, like your daddy, your daddy is half white, bro. He does fine. Like I, he, he wears lotion for fun. He wears lotion so his arms could be, so his body can be uh, soft. And you know, his elbow gets a little gray every now and again. Great. He was, I said, well, you and me, we need lotion. Okay. We can't like, we be out, people can see it these gray streaks on we need lotion we cannot be ashy in public and i'm just talking to him about it. i was because i was like listen you have the best skin i wish i had you. your skin is smooth fucking brown i was like do you fucking even know how handsome you are do you even know do you even know how like when you're when you're fully moisturized and the sun fucking hits you do you even realize that you are taking motherfuckers out he, he's just looking at me and laughing i'm like no yo you're handsome, okay? You got skin. You got the skin of gods, but you got to keep it moisturized. That's just what it is. 
let daddy and bunny and all these light motherfuckers, let them do, let them walk outside freshly washed and without moisturized. They'll live. No one will make fun of them. Me and you, me and you, these elbows need it. And so I'm like talking to him and like complimenting him and telling him and being like, you don't know this now, but wait till you, wait till you get a little older. Wait till you see yourself in the mirror more often. If you, if you groom yourself well, there's nothing in this fucking world you can't have. There really isn't. I wish I was as handsome as you are. I wish. So I was talking about that. And and just like, I, it's important that I give them their flowers in the moment. Thank you for doing this. You actually, you're being very good today. You know what? This handwriting is amazing. Like compliment people. People need, people need positive fucking reinforcement. They don't need to hear from you when things are wrong all the time. And especially, they don't want to hear from you when things are wrong if you never tell them when things are right. Anyway, why the fuck am I talking about that? I don't even fucking remember. I'm off topic. Ugh. I don't remember. I really don't remember. I have no idea. None whatsoever. This is, this is, I need to cut this out. Oh, <laughs> I was comparing Renee to my nine-year-old kid. Because even though he, he's doing, he, he's doing great, but he is, everything's a three-act play. Every fucking thing is. You can't just, you can't just say I'm in pain. You can't even just moan and be like, oh, this really hurts. You have to be like, so bad, so bad, so bad. And then AJ shows up and he's just like, hey, my production made me come in here and check on you. He didn't say that, but that's what he, that's what he was giving. I'm just trying to see if you're all right. And she goes, I'm not all right. I want it to go away now. Make it go away. Please, please, please make it go away. That's what she's saying. And I understand a part of this is that she's coming out from anesthesia. I'm like, I'm willing to give her all those caveats. This is what she's like, though. I've watched this woman on TV. I think this this uh, show has six fucking seasons, guys. I watched all of those seasons in real time. <laughs> this woman, and I've watched her on Family Boot Camp. This woman is a drama queen. And it does not matter what anyone else would do under the circumstance. She always has to take it up two notches. Or she's always doing Shakespeare in the park. That's what I told my nine-year-old. I'm like, oh, you're doing Shakespeare Shakespeare in the park again? Is that what you're doing? Which one are you today? Othello? Hamlet? <laughs> Which is another thing I need to work on because I am very sarcastic with my kids. For who? They don't even get it. They don't even know the fuck I'm talking about. I'm just doing like a, a three-minute stand-up set for myself. <laughs> but it's how I get through the day. So <laughs> anyway... Um, um, yeah, she, she sits, so, okay, so they, then they show us a scene of her in recovery moving around, and this, what we're looking at on the screen is not what Renee's talking about, because Renee's doing a voiceover, and I'm like, what's happening, I don't think that's what's happening, this is just like footage, B footage from when they were in, she was in the recovery room, but this is what happens, she sits up, she feels a rip. And she thinks it's her stitches. And apparently she had a medical emergency. She says she could not see. All she could do was hear. She could hear people talking and like the panic, like people rushing around and stuff. Um, she felt her body getting cold. She said her blood was leaving her body. And then everything goes black, which I don't understand because you bitch you said you couldn't fucking see. Um, maybe what you're saying is that you passed out at that point and you didn't hear anything. So what she finds out that she did rip her stitches. She did lose a lot of blood. She says it was serious. She said she lost 6.3 pounds of blood and they gave her a, a blood transfusion. I believe the blood transfusion part, I don't know if I believe the 6.3 pints of blood. And the reason I don't necessarily believe that because when she said it was when 
she was talking to Karen on the phone and she seemed loopy, loopy. So I was like, she's literally in the fucking hospital. She's probably on a ton of fucking pain meds. She's out of it. She's, I mean, she's in a fucking hospital and it sounds, I was just like, I don't know if she lost 6.3 pints of blood. I don't know, but maybe she did. Um, so the next time we see Renee, she tells us that she spent 16 days in the hospital. That's a fucking long time, guys. Insurance wants you up and out. <laughs> 16 days is a fucking long time in the hospital. And she again tells us she had to have a blood transfusion. She's supposed, at the point that she is now, she's supposed to be three fourths of the way recovered. And the surgery went well. Um, but she can barely walk. And so we see a scene of her. She's at home. She's in the bed. She's writhing in the bed like Sigourney Reaver in uh, fucking Ghostbusters. You guys seen Ghostbusters? It, I've talked ex- at length about how important this movie was to me as a child. How I watched it every day. How I made friends with a little girl who was too young to be my friend and did not speak a word of fucking English just so I can go over and watch her Ghostbusters VHS tape. It is just as easy to be friends with somebody who has a Ghostbuster tape as someone who doesn't, okay? <laughs> Actually, it's a lot harder, but still, I did it. And, you know, last night I was in the house, and I, like, I got a notification from, like, Peacock or whatever, you know, a streaming service. They were, like, now streaming Ghostbusters. And I was, like, oh, yeah, I want to watch Ghostbusters. And so I was sitting on the couch with the kids, and I was, like, oh, yeah, guys, I do want you to watch Ghostbusters. I mean, basically, I'm, like, a college boy. Everybody's college boyfriend who shows you a bunch of movies and, like, just watches you watch them so you can look for signs to dump you that you don't get it. <laughs> I'm always showing them fucking movies. Um, I said, so let's watch Ghostbusters. And my kids were like, actually, we heard that had cuss- that had bad words in it. I'm like, uh, so? <laughs> They're like, I don't know. It's got bad words in it, mommy. We don't think we should watch it. <laughs> They fucking kill me. And first of all, I cuss all the time. All the time. It's hard for me not to curse. They don't care. And they, I sometimes hear them whispering like, don't repeat what she's saying because you're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> but I also, what, what I'm realizing, first of all, my kids are very young for their age and they're lame. They just are. They All of them are. Fine. This is why when I, when I was on the podcast with Liz and we were talking about... Um, I don't know what we were talking about. We were talking about like 12 year old boys with, with, uh, internet access and like free internet access on their phones and how like somebody, they just like see porn or whatever. And she was, and she, I, I was like, uh, I got an almost 11 year old. I'm pretty sure he hasn't seen porn. I think he would lose his fucking mind. Sometimes he comes home from school and is like, I had a hard day cause people were cursing and it just that made me feel uncomfortable. Like he's very, I don't know. He's very young for his age, but, um, he, they, I mean, they just don't watch TV like that. Like when I was younger, what I'm realizing is that when I was a kid, um, I had no supervision over my TV. I had cable in my room. My parents were never fucking home. Even like in elementary school, I was home alone. I'm not alone. I had an older brother who's a year old and a half older than me, almost two. And a brother that's younger than me. My stepbrother didn't live with us at the time. So we just, in the summers, we just stay there. Yeah, my mom would go off to work. My dad was either at work or deployed. And so we just stayed home all summer. And at about five-ish, my mom got home and then we can go out and play. But that was it. Um, all, I, all we did was watch TV, break shit, fuck shit up, eat shit up. That's all we fucking did. And 
I watched regular cable and TV. And most of what I watched was not made for children because they just didn't have a lot of, like, I mean, when we talk about made for children in, this is, I was in elementary school till the late, till 1990. And so stuff that was made for children was Nickelodeon, but Nickelodeon only at the time, I mean, then it went to Nick at Night. There was no 24-7 show channel for kids. Uh, VHS Disney tapes, right? That, and we didn't have those. Um, cause they were expensive. So we didn't have those. So like, I just had to make do like watching HBO and Ghostbusters and Dirty Dancing, which I've talked about. I had a, I did not have a good understanding of what was going on Dirty Dancing because I was watching it as alone as a child. I thought that I thought that man was 35 fucking years old. And I thought baby was like 14. I really had, I was just like, this is a crime I'm looking at. Um, I watched a lot of fucking Beetlejuice. I, and, and this has informed the type of person I am. I watched a lot of shit like, gosh, Overboard. I've seen that a billion times. Just really just show, Baby Boom. I recently watched, rewatched Baby Boom. You know how many fucking times I saw that as a fucking kid? Do you know that a lot of my aesthetic is basically Diane, uh, Keaton, wandering through New York City, holding a baby by its ankle, being like, I don't want this. <laughs> and then she moves to Vermont. <laughs> like, starts a bit, like, Jesus fucking Christ. I, I just watched a lot of these things. Uh, the Last Boy Scout has very much informed my personality because one summer I was staying with my aunt and she went to the fucking video store and rented The Last Boy Scout and Children of the Corn and never took them back. And we watched those videos two and three times a day, every fucking day. So, <laughs> but that, but that's very different from the way my children are being raised. One, I'm a very active parent. Like, uh, I do get myself involved in what they're watching and stuff. And two, every time they're watching anything on TV, it's made for them. They have access to Hulu, Netflix, not Amazon Prime since they bought some shit off of Amazon Prime. Um, Hulu, Netflix, Peacock and Paramount Plus, and their TV only goes to the kids part. And that's what they're watching. They are never in a space where they're like, how do I make this, uh, this movie made for adults work for me? And it's not that I don't want them to be in those spaces. It's just that they just don't have the opportunity for it. Um, the reason they don't really have YouTube is because I hate how YouTube kids act like they're on all the time. And I, I, I think it's gross. So <laughs> that's the, that's the, I mean, also I don't want them to find out how to make guns or anything, but that's why I don't really have YouTube. I think you, YouTube people are disgusting a lot of times and they're just fake. And I don't want them to grow up thinking like everybody has these big fucking choppers of teeth and like, that's a real thing. I'm angry that Hulu, uh, got a distribution deal with fucking Ryan. Cause I hate that fucking kid. I hate that kid. It's so <laughs> and that now his videos are on, are on fucking Hulu. I hate it. But that's the reason why, like, they just don't have to, I don't know. I just watched a lot of stuff. I watched the five heartbeats a million times. My mom loves a coal miner's daughter. My mom's top movies are a coal miner's daughter, five heartbeats, the temptations, which is the same fucking movie, by the way. <laughs> and, and, uh, the color purple. I used to watch this shit over and over and over and over and over again. Cause it's why mom loved uh, Urban Cowboy. I love watching Urban Cowboy. Why? Because if I wanted to hang out with my mom in her room, she was probably watching Urban Cowboy. 
she was either that or VHS of Oprah. That's probably what she was watching. And so I saw all these things and I told, I was talking to my mom about this too. And she's like, yeah, you did watch a lot of stuff. I was like, yeah, you let me watch Dirty Dancing. There's an abortion. And the whole point of the movie is the sexy dance on each other. And she's like, I don't know. I thought, I thought, was, I thought, I thought it seemed cool. I was like, yeah, but you, you, you turn it on and you left. <laughs> so I just had to watch it by myself. Um, we did watch Ghostbusters. I told him I didn't think it was going to be very scary because it was made in the 80s. I was like, I don't think the effects are going to be as scary as you think it is. Uh, they didn't think some parts were scary, but the claymation parts, they were like, no, we know what that is. And we, I promised them we'd do some like claymation animation this this, this weekend. We're going to put some fucking play together and see if we can make a movie, like moving it inch by inch. We'll see. We'll see how it comes out. But they they liked it. I don't know that they got all the jokes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So when I say Sigourney Weaver is so fucking young in this, Annie Potts is like a goddamn fetus. Annie Potts, oh my God. Mary Jo Shively herself. Um, when I'm talking about the writhing in the bed, like Sigourney Weaver in her part, is when um, Bill Murray, Dr. Peter Vinkman, shows up to go on a date with her and she's been possessed by Zool and she was asking him if he's the, the key master or whatever. And he lies and says he is and goes in. And he, she, this doesn't make any sense to the story to be honest. Like why would Zool want to fuck Peter Venkman? But okay. So <laughs> she, they are rolling around. She's like writhing in the bed, like her skin is on fire. But I guess it's supposed to be like she's possessed and also she's sexy. And so <laughs> she kind of jumps on him. And he's trying to avoid her, but also I feel like if an uh, alternative scene, he has sex with her while she's possessed, and I just don't believe that's the, the definition of consent, but whatever. And so uh, she, she, um, she's like, I want you inside me. And he goes, he goes, well, it seems like you got like at least two people already inside you. Like, this is funny to me, and I don't think the kids got it, but they did enjoy, they did enjoy the state, the state puffed marshmallow man they, when I was taking them to camp today, they were talking to each other and saying, Ray, if someone asks you if you're a god, say yes. Well, I was like, yes, please, please fucking repeat the shit from Ghostbusters, please. And now they want to see the second one, which I was like, okay, so then let's talk about Bobby Brown because it's very important. It's very important that you have a good perspective of fucking Bobby Brown. First, I'm going to tell you what I used to know about Bobby Brown. And then I want you to tell you what Bobby Brown is really like. And I want them to know the song. Like, you know, you guys know the song I'm talking about. <sighs> anyway, I'm sorry, guys. I'm off topic as usual, and I apologize. But I have a feeling some of you guys come here for this, so I'm not going to apologize too much. Anyway, she's writhing on the bed. She says she's lonely. She just wants company. She calls AJ and he once again doesn't want anything to do with her. And so she, of course, starts talking to him about her friend drama, which is exactly what your 17-year-old son wants to hear. The only person that doesn't that wants to hear less about your friend drama than your 17-year-old son is your 77-year-old father. <laughs> He's the, she's like, what the fuck? I don't care. <laughs> um... So she, you know, she says that Junior was there for her. That's her husband. But, and Karen and Drita called her while she was in the hospital. And, but Carla only gave her one text, gave her, gave her one text message the day of the surgery and hasn't reached out since. And she's pissed. 
So now we see Carla at a lunch date. She says she hasn't seen um, Renee since the surgery. She sent that text the day of, but never got a response. She just said, hey, look on your surgery. I can't wait to see that in ass. And she says that that she heard Renee had some complications, but really didn't know. I'm going to call bullshit on that. I just don't think that's true. Just because of how it is when you're on a reality TV show. Like, I feel like lots of people would have wanted to tell her about that because she's on the cast of the show. She also says she wishes Renee would have just gone to the gym with her once in a while instead of going to have the surgery because it wasn't worth it. I agree with you, Carla. I just don't think that's something you need to tell Renee. I agree with you. Um, and actually, so is Renee, but we'll get to it. So her her ex, Joe, is still in the halfway house. He got released, he, but he has to stay in the house, halfway house. She doesn't know if he's dating, but if he is, it is what it is. Carla isn't really looking to date, but she goes out. She's single. She has a good time. And so whatever happens, happens. Her friend says she's not going to set Carla up because there might be some rekindling with Joe. And Carla says, you never know, never say never because he was a good looking son of a bitch. That's it. Like I said, Carla's pretty boring. So Karen goes to visit Renee, who tells her that it was a plastic surgery nightmare. She says that her ass is just as flat as her stomach, which isn't what she wanted. She says that her whole back split open. And then she shows Karen a picture and of like, of their back split open and I'm like this better be editing because we don't show people graphic pictures of surgery without their permission you know what I'm saying we don't like just hold our phone up for shit like that this better be editing she might have, she better have said you want to see a picture of it and then Karen was like yeah show it to me I'm sure Karen was fine but I just like if I were there like do you know what this is giving me All right so I used to date this dude um a long time ago and it was it was an all right relationship it wasn't great it was the first real relationship out of out of my no it was probably the second ish relationship out of my um like abusive like long-term one and I was like in my early 20s I was like 22 23 years old and um he was fine it, it, it was cool I, I he didn't treat me very well to be completely fucking honest he didn't like do any terrible things to me but he just didn't treat me well and it ended because I mean we were breaking up we were living together it ended because he was arrested for murder and he's in prison for murder so <laughs> and he is the only person that's ever broken up with me in my entire life he broke up with me a day and a half maybe two days prior and then got arrested for murder I'm pretty sure he, one, people always ask me, do you think he was protecting you? No, I don't think so. I think he, I think he wanted to break up with me. And two, no, I did not call. I did not know it happened. I didn't know, but it happened. So it was, I was dating that guy and he wanted to go get a tattoo and he went to to get a tattoo at this dude's house and his girlfriend was there. So he's doing the tattoo, blah, blah, blah. I, I already didn't feel comfortable because, um, me and this dude are about the same skin color on the lighter side, but I wouldn't consider myself light skin, but, um, and the guy giving the tattoo just kept going on and on about our skin color, about how it makes tattoos pop and stuff. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, you don't have to say it. Like he just kept saying it's his favorite skin color to, to, to tattoo on. And I was like, I, I don't know. It just made me uncomfortable. First of all, maybe uncomfortable. We were doing a tattoo in a house and like, I've had more experiences now. So I know that's not the wildest thing in the world, but I just didn't want, I was like, I don't feel like this place is that sterile. And also it was pretty dirty. Also it was an ocean view. And if you guys know anything about Hampton Roads, then I don't know, ocean views. Somebody might steal your car. I, it's, it's not a great area. Um, it is on the ocean, but it's not a great area. And so, I mean, it's probably real, like they were building up when I was leaving anyway. It's probably really fucking built up, but whatever. So, um, 
I don't know, tattoo takes a while. And this is prior to Candy Crush. So I'm just sitting there minding my business. I can, I can entertain myself anywhere. You do not have to entertain me, but people don't realize that. Like I am happy sitting, staring at a fucking wall. We don't have to talk. And so, but his girlfriend was there and his girlfriend's like, hey, hi. She's like a real weird looking white girl. I don't know how else to describe her. She just seemed weird. And she goes, do you like piercings? I was like, yeah, I had a lot of piercings at that time. I was like, yeah, but like, yeah, like, why are you asking me that? And she goes, she, she goes, okay. And then she gets up and leaves and comes back with a Polaroid picture. And she's like, what about these piercings? And I look and it's a pussy pierced, I guess. And... I'm just holding the picture. She's putting it in my hand. So now I'm holding a picture of a pussy. And I'm like, okay. And she just looks at me. And she's like, this, aren't, isn't that cool? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, um, and she's just staring at me some more. And I'm just, I'm just like, okay. I don't know what to say. This is awkward. Like, am I supposed to be really excited about this? And I was like, oh, is, is this your pussy? And she goes, yeah. And I was like, okay. Okay. And then I don't know how, like 10 seconds is a long fucking time. We just look at each other. We look, we're like that fucking meme of that dude on that. Uh, he seems like he's on a singing competition show and Diddy, we're just looking at each other. She, and she's the dude with this smile on her face, just staring at me. And I'm just like, I'm Diddy. I'm confused. I'm confused about like, what are we doing? I, I just, <laughs> and so I just gave her back the picture. It's fine. But like, it's one of those things for like, why would you? what are you doing <laughs> you don't just give somebody a picture you say I mean I guess if she wanted to show them she'd be like yeah do you like piercings you know I have my uh clip pierced or whatever do you want to see a picture of it I would have said no thank you I would I, I don't necessarily want to when we left my boyfriend said she was trying to like get me to do the like she was hitting on me I was like that's a I don't know she's a weird fucking because that's not how you hit on people like <laughs> he's like yeah he's like I think they wanted to like have like an orgy with us because you know he was he was kept telling us about our skin or whatever and she showed you a picture of her pussy and I was like they need to do they need to like get some coaching because that's not how you <laughs> that's not how you do that <laughs> um so anyway Ramona and Ramona Renee says she went in beautiful and came out ugly that's what she tells Karen she's more insecure than she was before she has all these meds to take I don't fucking know about that, Renee. First of all, to me, Renee looks exactly the same. Does Renee have a banging body? No. But Renee doesn't even work out or anything like that. In fact, at the beginning when she's like, fuck that, fuck working out, I'm going to go in and be skinny an hour. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, and that's fine. Like, I don't have anything against plastic surgery. I think, like, cosmetic surgery is fine. Like, people want to look their best. And if you can pay $1,500 and get a little tweak here, or a tweak there and it like changed, like some of this shit changes, like it's just one little thing can change the way you fucking look. Like I'm down for that. I mean, I'm not gonna pay for it cause I'm a cheap motherfucker. I'm just not. And also I've been old since I was like fucking 10 years old. So I don't care about looking old. I cannot wait till I have full fucking gray hair, like Storm from the X-Men. I can't fucking wait to show up places with my gray hair. I'm probably gonna have to dye cause you don't get that beautiful color. Not every, some people have to be blessed with that color like that most people's gray is dirty and like you know 
that beautiful gray, like, you, you got to be genetically blessed to get that. And I'm, I don't think I'm genetically blessed in any way. But I can't wait. I'm an old lady. I always have been. And so I'm not going to be like paying any money for cosmetic surgery. However, I, I like Renee has every right to. It's just that like, it's hard to watch her with this pity partiness about it because I'm like, girl, nobody told you to get this. And you're not ugly. Renee has a gorgeous face. Renee's bone structure and the way her eyes, Renee, Renee's got a gorgeous face. But I think she's talking about her body and her body looks, Renee's 43. I looked it up at, at this time. She's like in her 50s now. But I, I just think it's fine. Like her body's fine for her age. She's 43 years old. Could she stand and lose some weight? Sure. Who fucking couldn't? Who fucking couldn't? But, you know, that's not a thing that like you need to do all this for. I just, I don't know. And you had no ass before, you got no ass now, so it's a fucking wash. I don't know how much you paid for that surgery. I doubt you paid very much for it. 2012 was absolutely the beginning of like, maybe not even the beginning, but it was absolutely a time where you could like do some sponsorships and get some shit for free if you're on a reality TV show. Karen wants to know what her therapist has to say about it. She says she stopped going to therapy. And she says all she wants is a little ass. She says all they want is a little ass and don't tell those skinny bitches. I think she's referring to Dorita and Carla because they are the skinny ones of the group. But personally, if I were Karen, I would have been offended. I'd be like, oh, you brought me over here because I'm a fat ass? That's the only reason you're here? You brought me here? You only feel comfortable telling me because I'm fat? Like, <laughs> I, I don't mind being identified as a fat person. People can see me. <laughs> that always kills me. I, I know, I don't always... It's not that I don't have insecurities. I absolutely have insecurities, but the fatness thing isn't really an insecurity for me because I've been fat all my life. I've been a bigger girl all my fucking life. Uh, that's what it is. And my prime going to going to dances and getting boyfriend's age, I was a black, a big black girl in an all white school. I just had to like fucking figure it out. And so a lot of the shit Renee's going through, Renee was not fat all her life. Renee, when you see old pictures of Renee with those fucking cat eyes, those gray cat eyes and shit, and Renee, Renee's new to this, you know, and I'm not new to this, I'm true to this. <laughs> this is my lifestyle. And I had to come to terms with my body a really long time ago. Um, I'm just not interested in, talking about the way things could be or should be. I'm talking about the way things are. And it does help that, I talked about this on the My 600 Pound like, series. It does help that I have a shape to me. I'm not shaped like an M&M. You know, there are levels to being fat too, right? So if you have some sort of shape to you where you can put that dress way up high underneath your boobs and gives you, you know what I'm saying? That looks different. Like we, when we're watching, when we're looking at like uh, ads for, clothes and there's fat people in the ads they all they hardly ever have stomachs they're just bigger they don't necessarily have stomachs and fat people have stomachs like I don't think people realize it's not just one type of fat there's all types of fat and I will admit that I am a type of fat in which I they, that I'm a type of fat in which certain things don't affect me and it also helps that I'm a black person so black women 
I don't know, we get more play the bigger we are. I think it's really hard to be a white fat person. And I cannot believe I'm on this this podcast talking about it's really hard to be a white person in any way. But I think being fat and white is very different from being fat and black uh, uh, in certain ways that like uh, black people have always celebrated big asses and big titties and and even during a time like in the, if you think about this, the late 70s and 80s, where the aesthetic was like bone fucking straight. Like you could like, even having a curve to your ass was the the pop culture was like, ew, she's big. <laughs> but that's not how black people, like black people like that type of stuff. And so being fat and black is just a little different. These are all privileges I have. I understand that. I understand these are things where obstacles are not in my way. But... And so I'm not saying that like, oh, Princess figured out all her shit. Princess is not figuring out all her shit. It's just that I've been going through it a lot longer. And I have other types of insecurities um, that I don't want to share <laughs> right now. But I have plenty of fucking insecurities to, to keep me busy, guys. Don't worry. What I'm saying, though, is that like I can find empathy for Renee right now, even though like I'm like, okay, but... Your body does not look out of control for a 43-year-old mother. You just don't look bad. Um, you don't look any worse than a lot of women. And so I'm not sure why you have to take these drastic measures, why you think you have to do this and think you have to do that. Because it doesn't seem like you have like a big, big problem. It seems like you, like, sure, you could stand to lose some weight. A lot of people could. You could, you know. But I don't know why you why we need a full body makeover I don't understand that um, but she thought she needed it and now she feels like it was a waste of time and she feels like she's just <sighs> Renee also tells her that she should have just went to the fucking gym it was a lousy 35 pounds 35 pounds is not insignificant insignificant like if you lose 35 pounds you will look different very different um some people have to like work a year to lose 35 pounds but but I understand where she's coming from she's saying she's saying now that like she's like on all these fucking pills I think Renee says this is where her drug addiction started we'll get to it well no we won't because I think it, I think it's the next season where we get to it maybe I'll do a bonus episode I'll do uh that family boot camp maybe maybe I'll do one episode from there but um she says this is where her drug addiction started um that's what she says. I don't know if I believe her, but it's fine. Uh, she also says, like, her body's broken. And so I can I can definitely understand feeling fucked up. Like, dude, thir for 35 pounds. Um, there's a throwaway scene where Drita goes to the boxing gym. Drita doesn't need, need to go to a boxing gym. Drita fights all the time. Uh, she doesn't need proper technique, too. The instructor says she'll get in less fights, but I don't know if that's true. And he tells her she could fight professionally. Then we see Carla and, no, Karen and Ramona go out to eat. And Ramona, Ramona, Ramona. We'll learn more about Ramona as we go on. But what you should know about them is that they have been close for a long time. They call each other cousins. I actually hate that. I hate when someone calls someone a cousin and they're not a cousin. Uh, excuse me. I hate when people try to get me to do stuff like that. I don't care what other people do. But <laughs> I hate when someone's like, hey, cousin. I'm like, mm, you're not my cousin. <laughs> Titles mean things. I don't. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but they're so close. They've known each other since they were six years old, and they call. And so they call each other cousins. And I think Ramona's new back in town, but I think we'll hit it another episode. 
Um, so Drita has texted Karen on her Blackberry, <laughs> giving her the new number and Drita's new number and saying something about like, we need to make up for the kids, which I don't understand because why y'all kids don't know each other like that. What for? Um, why does Aaliyah and, and Giselle need to, need to be friends with the kid of a, of a woman your dad used to fuck? What, what, what connection do y'all have? It'd be very different if you guys were related and like, I don't know, maybe you guys are sisters and your kids are cousins and they like being around their cousins. They've been growing up around their cousins and they like to see their cousins. I can understand that. Like I would say do it for the kids then. Or your kids are very close. You kids go to school together, but I'm pretty sure Karina's a lot older than Aaliyah. I, I think. Whatever. Um, but, you know, Karen's not really feeling it after their, that, the last episode I did remember was about the fight in the rooftop. That's what Karen's upset about. And she feels like because, like, she's playing nice, nice right now. And what they're not, they're not breaking the fourth wall to tell us that they probably haven't spoken since the last time they were filming. And now Drea's texting her with a new number and blah, blah, blah. And Karen's feeling like, bitch, if you really cared, like, about our beef, you would have been trying to squash this a couple of, like a week after we had our last fight, but it's been, I don't know, it's been all summer or whatever the fuck. Uh, you know, it's been all this time and now all of a sudden the camera's up and you're texting me? Yeah, actually, Karen, that's how it works. <laughs> I know you need a reality TV show, but that's exactly how it works, but Karen doesn't like it. Um, and also, uh, Drita apparently told a bunch of people she put Karen in the, hosp- in the hospital, which really pisses off Karen because that's not what happened. Karen says that Drita's just being a phony. She says that she feels like Drita tried to hurt her. And to be honest, she wants to hurt Drita. <laughs> Rita tells her, R- R- Ramona tells her to text Drita, I got your messages. Keep waiting until I'm ready to answer them. I was like, okay, well, we can just ignore the messages. The messages are long. They are on Blackberry. They are long. Uh, next we see R- Renee who's meeting with her new therapist. Her therapist looks like someone tried to draw Marky Mark with her left hand. That's what it looks like. Marky Mark specifically from fear, which is why I'm still scared of that man to this day. I am terrified. I don't fuck with him. Uh, I mean, that and the hate crimes he committed as a young child. <laughs> young man. But still, mostly it's how he killed Alyssa Milano. And then right after he finger banged Reese Witherspoon and broke in the house and killed and like was terrorizing that dad because the dude from CSI, which I should rewatch. That's that whole thing. No. Mm-mm, I don't do, I, and I know he was quote unquote acting, but you look too at home, Marky Mark. I'm sorry. And I don't think you're that good of an actor. I, I Please don't tell him I've been talking about him and calling him Marky Mark because he don't like that. Please don't tell him none of that shit, please. <laughs> I'm really scared. He's going to come here and he's very Catholic now. He's going to baptize me Catholic and then call me a racial slur and then kill me. Please don't, please don't tell him about it. That's what he looks, that's what this therapist looks like. A left-handed drawing of Marky Mark. And so, uh, she mostly talks about the surgery and how it was a mistake and a tailspinder into a depression. Fair. She wanted to have an ass and that's why she wanted to get a body lift. She says that instead she has no ass and a big asshole in her back and a scar all the way. Her scar, she has a scar all the way around her body. Like around her stomach and shit. And then she starts crying and says she knows she's not pretty from the neck down. And I guess, this is, and she guesses this is just something she has to learn to live with it's hard to watch guys. Renee, like I said, Renee is fucking her facial structure. I mean, does she look like she should be playing, uh, 
back up for Cruella DeVille? Yes. She, her face looks mean. <laughs> but she's fucking beautiful. Um, and to hear her, see her cry and be like, I know I'm not pretty from, from like the neck down. You just have to think about like what, what she's been ingesting culturally and media wise and stuff that tells her that like, and also she's not married. Okay. So her and Junior are broken up. And I know that like being alone is a big deal for her. She sounds like someone, she just, by the way she plays it, she seems like someone who doesn't like to be alone and like dating. And then like all the girl, all the men around her age and whatnot are dating girls that are fucking 27. And she feels like she doesn't look good enough and she feels like she's alone. Like I get all of that. It's, and it is tough for me to have empathy for Renee, who I think is like such an asshole so many times, but I get it. I fucking get it. Um, she gets into, she starts talking about the girls and she's really angry that Carla doesn't, I don't know if I said this already, but I'll say it again. The issue is that Renee told Carla that her boyfriend, who Renee doesn't like, touched her or like grabbed her at, but touched her in an inappropriate way. And Renee and Carla doesn't believe her. And she says that she and Carla have been friends for 25 years. She doesn't understand why she wouldn't believe her. Listen, I don't fucking know. Did he touch her? I believe anything of men. <laughs> I just do. I, I Especially, uh, yeah, I... I, I won't put past anything. I won't put pa- past my fucking husband. I, if somebody was like, yeah, your, your husband touched me and here's the video proof. I'd be like, damn, I, I can't believe I fuck, but I don't put things past people. People do. People will surprise you every fucking time. Also though, Renee's got fucking problems. And just cause I know you for 25 years doesn't mean I trust you. And Carla felt like she didn't know what to believe. I don't know. Like, do I think Renee would make that shit up to get at Carla? Yeah. Yeah. Renee's that type of person. Do I think whatever dude uh, Carla was dating would uh, put their hand on Renee in an inappropriate way? Maybe. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I just, like, if I were Carla, like, if somebody tells me something that is hard for me to believe, I would be like, okay, all right, you know, that's hard for me to, that's that's kind of hard for me to like take it face value, but thanks for telling me. I'm gonna handle it from here. That's what I do. And then I try to, and I think of, and I like figure out what I could believe. And if it turns out I can't really believe anybody, that's how I handle it. Like I can't really believe anybody. Um, I think that's how Carla handled it. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't actually remember this scene. Um, like anything could have fucking happened. But what she want, what she wants from Carla is to say, I wasn't there, but why would you lie to me? I think that's fair. So she says she has to avoid the one person, I think she's talking about Carla, that she doesn't want to because she wants to confront her. And the therapist says, let's find a different approach. And she yells, I do have a different approach. And he asks, well, what is the approach? She says, you don't want to know my different approach. I'm like, okay, well, bitch, what you bring it up for? If you don't want to tell me, I, I just... And people going to therapy always stress me out. Cause I'm like, did you pay to come here? <laughs> Just tell them. <laughs> Why are you playing games in here? 
And again, I talked about this on the Patreon episode because I talked about what professional, because I use the word professional all the time. And like, we need to investigate what that means to me. And when I, what I like, through some thought, what I realized is that like money means stuff to me because I never had a lot of money. And like, even now when I have, I do fine, money still means a lot to me. And so, and so like, like I actually return things because I believe in the value of money. Like it, it's worth my time to return things. My mother never returns anything. I, I don't get it. I really don't. But like, I'll just be like, oh, this didn't fit. I'm going to put it back in the bag and I have the receipt in my bag. So I'll, I'll take the receipt to the bag. Like I'll, it's, but that's the type of person I am. I try to save money. I, I have a family of seven. I fed us on like $12 the other day. Spaghetti night. They love spaghetti night. And, and I try to raise my kids humble. Money means things to me. And so when I pay for something or I'm in a situation where something is paid for, I expect people to act like they got paid. And, so, and that's what I mean by professionalism. Act like someone has paid you to be here. Uh, and so and so, it's not that I don't think the therapist is being professional other than looking like a left-hand drawing of Marky Mark. I think that's a professional. <laughs> other than that, I think he's doing, he's doing his job. But I don't understand... So that's what I mean by he got paid. But when I'm but when I'm talking about Renee right now, and I'm sure she didn't pay her money. I'm sure production paid for this, right? Or got it comped and, or got a discount in exchange for advertising, whatever. But the prim the the conceit is that she did pay for it. And so I can never I can never understand paying for something and then going there and undermining the process. Because I was like, oh, I, I you've already got my money. So let's work together because I paid to be here. I'm, I, that's just, that's, I understand that not everybody feels that way and that just because I think that way doesn't mean other people do. That's just how it is. Like the kids, the kids want to do, might be doing football. I don't think it's going to work out, but there's a free football camp. And then in June that they can go to for like two hours a day where they can learn and Bunny wants to do cheerleading. They can learn like skill sets, like they practice skills and they just talk about what it's gonna be like. And I told them, I was like, this part is free. So it's okay if we go and you don't like it and you wanna leave, I'm fine with that. And you don't wanna go to the Tuesday session, that's fine by me. But if you go through the sessions and you really like this coach and you like what you're doing and you're having a good time, and then you say, please pay money for me to join this team, well, then you're in there, okay? So if I pay my money, now you gotta go. Like, obviously I'll make exceptions if it's like deteriorating their mental health or something like that, <laughs> obviously. But also I'm gonna be like, well, this did cost X amount of dollars. So what are we gonna do about that? You know, like that's just, <laughs> I'm a person that like when I pay for things, I care about things. Like when I fill up my gas tank, <laughs> every time I fill up my gas tank, I hit the trip um, indicator in my car so that now I know how far my gas tank went. And so like, if it's going less, like if I get less miles to the next, the next gas tank, I'm gonna be like, what the fuck happened? We need to investigate this. My money's going, <laughs> like, this is the person I am. I, I save pennies and I turn them in. I, and I, I wouldn't call myself a cheap person by any means, because if something costs that amount, it just costs that. I do shop around, but like, if it's going to be expensive, then it's just going to be expensive and you need to work it into the budget. You want to get what you're supposed to get. And sometimes shit is expensive. And that's just what it costs. I'm not cheap like that, but I am someone that's like, okay, well, do I really need this? Okay. Then I did spend this money. All right. Well, I need to make sure that works on my budget and then I need to make sure I use it. And so 
I don't know, just watching her being like, you don't want to know my... <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, well what? How, how long do we have in here? What is it, 50 minutes? You just wasted, what, a minute doing this? Stop. <laughs> um, she says that Carla wants to keep talking about wants to keep talking about um, Renee, then she's going to have her jaw, jaw wired. That's the way she would normally handle it, which means she's going to hit her in her face and she'll have to get her jaw wired. And she, he asks if that will fix the problem. She says, well, it'll fix it for six weeks. <laughs> like, like, having your jaw fire, wired for six weeks and she wants to talk about me. <laughs> um, she keeps ranting and says she can't believe uh, Carla didn't visit her in the hospital even once. And then she says, I'm dead on the table, you bitch. <laughs> Why didn't you visit? And I'm laughing because I just call her a drama queen. I say that she's like too much. I say that everything's a three act play. <laughs> Shakespeare in the fucking park. Overacting. <laughs> everything. But I too love to talk about myself being dead. <laughs> and if Princess is going to do anything, Princess is going to text you that she died because of something you did to her. And then say, by the way, this is Princess's ghost. <laughs> Texting she's dead. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> I don't think she died on the table. I think she was in a series. I believe losing a lot of blood and having to get a blood transfusion. And I do believe she had a, a serious medical event, but I don't think she actually, I think she died. Um, the therapist agrees that he doesn't think anyone will let that slide, but I think he's saying that because Renee's eyes look squirrely. She, <laughs> I might be scared to be in that room with her. So when Renee says that she doesn't care how much she hates someone, she'd be there for them in that situation. Okay, but like, Renee, that's because you don't have any fucking boundaries. Like, that's something you should be talking about with a therapist. Like, the shit you did with Junior and shit, that's like, the, the way she... You, <laughs> You guys don't know this, but Renee loves to write people in prison. Like anybody, any of the mob guys that get locked up, she just writes a bunch of letters to them in prison, regardless of how she knows them. Like that is you not having good boundaries. That's what that is. And, you know, I love boundaries. I'm not always great at them. I make mistakes just like anybody else. But so I understand why Renee makes those mistakes, but she's doing that for validation. She loves when people... She loves to be able to say, I was there for you. She loves that type of shit. But like, yeah, literally, if we were in a fight and we, and, and you didn't text me and, and like, I didn't text you and I didn't go and you got hurt in the hospital, I would not show up at the hospital. We might still be in a fucking fight. What if I show up at the hospital and you roll over and go, get her out of here. What, what if that happens? Weirdo. Um. So Renee says she could, she should go see Kara, she should go see Carla, but first she should take a whole mouth of Klonopin. And the therapist goes, you know what's an even better idea? Avoid her. <laughs> and Renee looks disappointed because I think she just wanted a mouthful of pills. So Renee's going to have a birthday party, a birthday party, celebration of life, uh, a birthday party. And also look, I'm still alive. Um, she says this is the best way to deal with her issues. Throw in the party. She says she's not inviting Carla. Um, she's on the phone talking to Drita. She says she's not going to invite Carla. Drita says Carla said she called, uh, Renee, but didn't hear back. And she says 
she tells Drita, she called me one time before the surgery and said, I can't sit, wait to see your ass. I was dead after that. <laughs> That's me. When I send my husband to get me food and he's not back immediately. Oh, I'm glad you're back because I died. <laughs> you, why did it take you so long to get these fucking fries? I'm dead. <laughs> this is my ghost eating these fries right now. Um, Drita brings up the fact that she hasn't seen Karen in a long time and Renee says she preferred they did not bring up shit at her party. It's about fun and light. So we see Drita. Um, she has a scene where she's with Carla and she tells Carla that she's not invited to this party and tells her Renee why Renee doesn't invite her. And Carla says good because she doesn't want to go to that fucking party. And she says, why doesn't Renee call me if she has such a fucking problem? I don't go around talking shit about her in the neighborhood. Um, I love how they talk about the neighborhood because... You know, it's 20, in 2012, well, it's not, when they say the neighborhood, that is a throwback because even in 2012, people aren't just like walking down the street going, you hear about Renee and Carla? That's not how. <laughs> and in 2021, that's definitely not how it fucking works. But there, that's a throwback to being like people all going to the same grocery store, like people on their stoops and stuff like that. That's what that. And I'm not saying that's not a thing that people do. I'm just saying, like, she's going around the neighborhood telling people. And I'm like, I don't know if you guys even live in the same neighborhood. I mean, I know you all live on Staten Island, but that's, that's, there are many neighborhoods on Staten Island. Um, she also says that no one told her. And Drita says that she told her. But she didn't tell Caroline until, Caroline, Carla, until it was much later because she was told not to say anything. I believe that, too. I think... I think someone was like, yeah, girl, uh, blah, 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 this is happening. Don't spread that around. Um, Carla says that Renee has been nasty to her, so why should, would she visit her? That's what I just said, Carla. And Drita says that it's because Carla, the reason Renee's been nasty to her is because she called her a liar. You said that she was a liar. And I, again, I don't remember the fight, but I guess that, that would be a big fucking problem for me too. Carla says she's a bipolar bitch and she's not dealing with her. Everyone's getting ready for the party. Um, this is the next thing. Everyone's getting ready for the party. Uh, Karen thinks Drita's reaching out because they're about to see each other. Yeah, duh, again, again. This is part of it. And I'm sure production's in her ear like, you need to like try to, you need to meet up with her and do this and this and this. Ramona is telling Karen to stop being so nice, but she'll follow Karen's lead, but there won't be any fighting. She's not going to let Drita run up on Karen like she did last time. And basically Drita's, when she gets to the party, she just wants to get there real quick and, you know, have a shot, give Renee a kiss and leave. She's not really like the, the way Karen talks about it, Drita's just dying to get there to talk to her, but I don't necessarily think that's true. All right, so when Drita gets there, Renee isn't there. Yeah, and she runs into Karen. It's awkward, but they separate. Um, Renee finally comes in and makes an entrance and pretends like it's a surprise. Renee, you threw this party. You threw this whole fucking party. Why are you pretending like, what? How did everyone get, didn't you invite all these people here? Like I said, fucking drama queen. Um, Junior's there, and Renee says he has had her back, and he's been there like never before. Again, Renee just can't stop going back and forth on that dude. Karen says that Renee's body looks beautiful. Yeah, that I agree. She's, she says she looks great in a dress. Yeah, I, I don't think anything is wrong with Renee's body. She looks exactly like she looked before to me. 
but maybe I can't see it because I'm not like I did buy this in standard definition and not HD. So maybe that's my problem. Um, you know, uh, Renee sees Karen and Drita are on opposite sides of the rooms, like she requested. Right? She said this is not the time for you guys to have this argument. And but this is what she told them previously. But then she says, um. She decides to call them up on the mic and she says, I want all my girls standing right here next to me on this. I'm like, didn't you just say for them to leave each other alone? <sighs> Dorita goes out on the balcony to smoke and Karen's like, that's fake. That's not real. Why are you trying to bring it? Why are you trying to bring attention to we got a problem? You should have just went up to the mic. I'm like, no, what's real is that she knows that you two have a problem and you haven't resolved it. So why is she going to stand next to you and try to be buddy-buddy with you? That's real. This is a problem I have with Karen. She often says things aren't real, things are fake or phony. And I'm like, I don't know if that's phony or does this person have good manners and knows that you can't just like, I don't know, a church mass stand up and be like, you're a fucking bitch. Like I, you, there's a time and place for everything. Um, but thank God they don't know that or else this wouldn't be a show. Um, so Drita's outside and that's when an angel comes down from the sky and talks to Drita. And Drita says, thank God I see Big Ange. And thank God I see Big Ange, guys. I love Big Ange. I just feel like she don't really fuck, she don't hurt nobody. Is her son like a piece of straight up trash and there's something and, and, and why would a straight up angel bring up a straight up piece of trash. I don't know. Do I believe that Big Ange was selling drugs out of that bar that she should have and also running numbers and also cleaning money for the mob? Yes. Do I believe Big Ange has committed domestic violence on a man? I think she does on the show. <laughs> do, do I believe Do I believe Big Ange has put an eight ball of coke in her pussy and and smuggled it into a jail? Sure, who hasn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, do I think Big Ange just said the N-word? You know what? Let's not go down this road. <laughs> Let's not be thinking too much about that because if I start thinking about that, I'm not going to love Big Ange anymore. <laughs> but yes, she probably has. Do I think that in 2012, when I met Big... I didn't mean... But if I had met Big Ange at like a... Um, at like a... Uh, a meet and greet or like a, you know... People used to make their money off of club appearances and shit. I'm sure some Staten Island club was like, we got a big ass tonight. If I had met her, they'd do, I think she would have called me the N-word. Probably not. Probably not. But I love Big Ange. I just think of her as an angel. What is she wearing? Big Ange is wearing a dress that don't fit. <laughs> she got big ass fucking lips. <laughs> she got black, kind of shortest hair, but it's got one streak of red in it. And then it, I think these are extensions. They're like silver glittery extensions. Then like or underneath like an undercut or something like that. She looks like a fucking alien. I love it. <laughs> hey Drita. Hey Drita. Everything okay? <laughs> and Drita tells Big Ann she doesn't want to fight because it's stressful and it's uncomfortable. And she's not into it. Like this is what I mean. Drita doesn't actually like fighting. Drita, I feel like Drita got her reputation fighting back when she was young, drunk, and on coke a lot. I think that's what happened. And yeah, I believe she will fight, but she doesn't like it. And on this show, she really doesn't fight that much. I think next week we'll see Drita fighting, but I think it's one of it's only one of two times we actually see Drita fighting. Drita doesn't like to fight. 
Um, but they give her this edit of like this little tiny um, beat em up girl. And I just don't know if that's absolutely true. She says she's not into it. She says she used to have good times with Karen. And Big Ange says, you could still have a lot of good times with her if you would talk about it and straighten it out. And Karen says, so on the other side, Karen is talking. They, she can't, she sees Big Ange and Drita out there. And she's telling Ramona she wants to go over to Drita. And meanwhile, her talking hand, she says she doesn't want to go over there because she wants to respect Renee's party. Like, Karen talks out of both sides of her mouth a lot. A lot. And Ramona says it's not the time to do it. She's like, didn't we say we weren't going to do this? I'm like, yeah, you did say that. So why do you need to do it? Karen says she's going over there and Ramona says she's going to because she's not going to let you get beat up again. So I'll go with you. And at this point, on the other side, Drita is telling Big Ange that if Karen could come out and talk to her, she would talk to her. So Big Ange glides over there with her angel wings and asks Karen, would she go out there and talk to Drita over a cigarette? And Karen, Petty Queen, goes, I don't smoke. I think these are filmed out of order because... Just a few minutes ago, you were saying you did want to go out there. So when Big Ange asked you to go out there, now you all like, mm, I don't smoke. Thanks, love. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I felt I, they were filmed that order, I think. I And, you know, she decides to go, though, because the archangel Big Ange asked her to do it. She says she knows Big Ange wouldn't be getting in no drama. So how the show ends is Karen and Ramona start walking towards the the balcony and Drita's looking and watching them coming and Karen and uh Renee's like oh shit they going over there and Big Ange is just standing there like you know I I did what I came to earth to do <laughs> and next week there's gonna be a fucking fight a big fucking fight so we'll see they're they, they rocking it Jerry Springer style um but that's it guys uh next week we're gonna get our bonus episode on the patreon as usual we'll, we'll we're gonna I, I think we're doing the wedding episode for Shayna and travis barker and then we'll do another episode of mob wives on the main feed and then the next week i'm off so because i'm taking my fucking kids to the beach even though i hate the fucking beach it's like sitting in a kitty litter pan i don't get it it's disgusting dolphins fuck each other in the fucking ocean and then we just have to like sit in it like i don't get it Oh, to the beach. But you know what? I want my kids to have things, so I'm going to take them to the fucking beach. So I'm going to be off. And I think, so you're not going to get a bonus episode or a main episode the week of the 15th of June. I think I might do a Princess Diaries episode for the bonus, uh, for the Patreon. Princess Diaries episodes are really easy for me to record. It's just me talking. It's basically the, the front part of all my podcasts, but all the way through. It's just me, like, bullshit talking. And... I leave them on Patreon because one, I often like talk about my personal business, which isn't a big deal. Like I wouldn't tell y'all nothing. I, I wouldn't tell a stranger, but out of like privacy concerns, I like to leave it on the Patreon. And then also I think the people on the Patreon, are the only people who care about that shit. <laughs> I'm sure lots of fucking people fast forward through the first 30 minutes of all my podcasts being like, girl, who cares? Fast forward. <laughs> All right, well, if you did that, that's fine, too. At least you listened to the big part. And I will see you guys next week before my break. Later! Later!